Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So uh, this week we've got a listener question. That's one of my favorite kinds of podcast episodes to do. Yeah, absolutely. So our listener is our listener, Simon. He's written to us with questions before, so we're very grateful for, for more questions from Simon. We've changed his question a lot, though. So when he looks at the title of this podcast or our <laughs> teaser last week, he might say, I'm not sure it's the same Simon. Yeah, it is you, Simon. So uh, let's let's do the lead in. And then, Jeffrey, maybe you can help us with wh why we generalized and, and edited and changed Simon's question to be more broad. Yep. So Simon's question started out as being about feature teams, and this is something we've talked about on previous episodes, and you can go and read featureteams.org, which is in the show notes, if that's helpful to you. The basic notion, as Simon very nicely defines it, is it's a multi-skilled team with all the requisite skill set to deliver on a set of features. And Simon says, hey, I'm, I'm doing this kind of thing, and when we have team-spanning features, the feature team set up, it really works well. However, when we have some stories that don't really impact everyone, I worry that people might disengage in the stand-ups. Have you faced this, and if so, how did you approach it? And we started thinking about how we might answer that, and we wound up talking about something completely different. How, how do we get there, Jeffrey? Let's share our reasoning. <laughs> well, the, the idea that people disengaging in stand-ups with that concern is really valid. And I've been in lots and lots of stand-ups where that did really have a, an engagement problem. And it seemed like a lot of them started with a, a very common pattern, which is people would walk in the room for the stand-up and then everyone would sit down. <laughs> and and that, especially in the early days of Agile for me, was really a sign that, uh-oh, this, this doesn't look right. And it's not always a sign of a problem. For example, I've had people who have mobility problems and they have to sit down, and that that's fine. And and sometimes there are teams that have really effective stand-ups and they just happen to be sitting down while they're doing them. That's right. I always think it's useful to remind people, especially when I see these disengaged behaviors and I verify that people really are disengaged, that there, there's a reason that we stand up and, and people forget it. The reason that people stand up and the reason it's called a stand up is so that your feet will hurt, so that you will <laughs> feel like this should be a short thing where you briefly coordinate and then lots of other, it triggers other actions that are helpful that happen through the day, but it's a quick start. It should be a quick activity and you should be engaged and paying attention. You should not be snoozing. Yeah, exactly. And there's concern that if, if everyone's sitting up and one person sits down, well, that looks like a, a sign of disengagement. But, you know, on the other hand, maybe not. And so this concern about disengagement is the kind of thing that's a concern you people might have. It's even a judgment you might make. You say, wow, I look around and everyone looks really disengaged. But actually, that's kind of funny because, we you know, we just did this, this uh, sessions on the ladder of inference and uh, link to that in the show notes, of course. And one of the things there, we talked about how we, we form beliefs about the world based on what we see, but often we've added some other elements to it. Uh, so, you know, how would we know if someone was disengaged? Can, can you actually see it on a video camera? <laughs> and I don't think so. Answer, no. Unless you have much better vision, spidey senses than, than Jeffrey and I do, you can't actually tell. Yeah. As we talked about this, we, we thought about how you know, my, my instinct originally was to start saying, well, well, gosh, if you're having this problem or you're worried you have this problem, how does your stand-up work? You know, I wanted to get in the mechanics of it, but then it just didn't, didn't take very long at all. But we said, really, the problem isn't how does your stand-up work, it's how does your team work? And in particular, you know, are you talking about what's going on? You can just ask people, you know, how do you, is this a problem or is this not a problem? Because we were talking about the people who do have very effective stand-ups in, in all kinds of different 
styles. Some people have them entirely on Slack, so there's not even any talking, and you can't tell whether someone's standing up, and those can be effective. That's right. And in probably what's happened, those people have had the conversations to say, you know, hey, uh, th this this is working for me, or that doesn't work for me, or this is what I would like to get out of it. And so uh, it really comes down to what makes the stand-up work is, is how does the team work? Do, do they talk to one another to make sure that they're getting value out of what they're doing? And, and they know why they have the practices they have. If everyone's decided in our standups, we sit down and we take three hours and we all love it and it works for us in these different ways. Okay, fine. You know, you've, you've, you've done the agile thing. You've, you've learned and adapted and um, that's what you're supposed to do. It reminds me of the early days, uh, quote around XP and Ward Cunningham had the description. He said, you know, in the, in the first year you do XP by the book and in the, the second year, you, you do it with adaptations, but in the third year, you should be doing something entirely different, <laughs> which is you've adapted it so much, localized it to what works for you and your team that someone else coming in from the outside wouldn't, wouldn't really recognize it uh, as XP. So if you're doing the retrospectives, if you're uh, reflecting back on what you're doing, then that's uh, really the important point. You can ask people, hey, how are you guys feeling about this? Are you feeling okay with the fact that we do have some stories and that doesn't involve everyone? And I, I think it's interesting to think about inverting this, you know, because one of the questions here, if we go back to Simon, he actually says, well, so if, when you face this, you know, how did you approach it? You can turn this around and say, well, how does a stand-up work? And maybe scroll, have you ever seen a stand-up work when the team doesn't all share a story? Sure. And there are lots of different ways it, it can work. So um, we could even do a little bit of coherence busting, the technique you and I use to try to come up with different explanations for something. Because the, the coherent story, the easy story is, is Simon's story, which is, hey, hang on, these people are going to be doing different things, so they must be uninterested. They're going to all be on their phones. And that, that, I agree, is a completely coherent story, and I've definitely seen teams work that way. But I've also seen teams where there's a junior person who really wants a senior person to coach them and is watching for when there's an opportunity to, to jump onto something outside his or her area where he or she could learn. I've seen situations where people are just genuinely curious. They're engaged. They're gelled as a team. They're curious about what the other person is doing because they want to know what they're going to be hearing about in tomorrow's stand-up. I've seen situations where there's an awful lot of pull request reviews, there's code reviews happening, and somebody wants to make sure, oh yeah, if you're going to have a big code review request, I better clear some time this afternoon. So even though it's not in my area, it's not the story I'm working on, I'm going to be reviewing your code. And I bet we could come up with uh, even more. What do, you, what do you think, Jeffrey? Well, absolutely. Although if we're, we're going to use coherence, but we should use it correctly, and we should you know, say there, there's some angle of world domination involved. There's got to be some sort of supervillain or something like that. Yeah. What are, what are the craziest ideas we can think of? Are there aliens who have taken over the brains of our team and they've uh, forced <laughs> them to stand up and, and, and be engaged and, and interested in each other's work? So there are tons of explanations and tons of ways it can work. And I, I've probably seen everyone except for the aliens. Um, I've, I've seen all of those in, in stand-ups. Yeah, the, the aliens prevented you from being aware of it. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, so I just don't know about it. But uh, to, to answer Simon's question a bit more seriously, yes, I've seen this kind of situation happen, but I've also seen many, many cases of feature teams very happily engaging and working together. So I'd suggest that Simon first, he, he says he's worried this might happen. So 
the best way to find out whether it's going to happen is to try it and see if it happens. And if it does happen, see if you can have a dialogue to first verify your observation. Is this really disengagement? Or maybe the person's on his or her phone looking up the most recent message to check out whether the, this is something that's going to come up in a pull request this afternoon, you know, that kind of thing. So verify it because you can't observe it. it. It doesn't show up on a video camera. And then if people are disengaged, see if you can have a dialogue about how to help them be more engaged. Or maybe the stand-up method isn't working. We need to do it a different way. Can, can I add in something else here in line with what we've talked about in the past? Yeah. Uh, one is we said like teams are a group of people who share a problem. And it sounds like Simon has a, a, a potential problem here. Sounds like you should share it with a team because that's the thing you do is say, I have this worry that you know we're going to have these stories that don't impact everyone. Had I'm worried about it. Do any of you else have this worry? And uh, you might do that, you know, before you try it, just let people share the worry and you might uh, get people decide to try an experiment and uh, work on what's the best way to move ahead. And maybe it's the kind of thing where if everyone's all working on the same stories, then they have one type of stand up, but they all know that when they're doing people with different stories and not everyone's involved, then they adjust it. That would be a very flexible response. And if the team is really engaged with each other, and very good at sharing their needs and requests and desires and being aware of those of other people, I bet they could do something like that. So it goes back to uh, how does the team work? Absolutely. And, and then that might be a good way to close is just to say that if, you, if your team doesn't function like that, then there's probably a deeper problem. So if Simon tries sharing it with the team and doesn't get much response or the team says, well, we're not all that interested, we'll just carry on as we are. And uh, yes, we're disengaged, but we don't care. Then he's got a much bigger problem. <laughs> and then we'd really want to look at that problem, but he would have uncovered it. So if your team is engaged and interested with each other, then you're, they're probably going to find a way to be engaged no matter what they're working on. And if they are not engaged with each other, you've got something else going on. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Simon. Yeah, absolutely. Simon, that was a great uh, emailed question. You can always find us by email by going to troubleshootingagile.com and finding the nice big link that says email us. We find that a lot of people also like to engage with us on Twitter. I'm a bit old for that, but Jeffrey's more <laughs> down with the kids, so he, he often finds <laughs> things on Twitter that I don't. So by all means, please do also tweet us. That seems to work pretty well. We, we do find it and we do comment and bring you into an episode if you have a question that you'd rather share on Twitter. So either way, we'd like to hear from you. And of course, we'd love it if you'd uh, click that subscribe button in Stitcher or uh, Overcast, anything else you might be using. If you click subscribe, then you know you'll be uh, hearing us again next Wednesday. So we'd love to hear more questions and comments from you, and uh, we'll have more Troubleshooting Agile next week. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Will. <laughs>